What is up, everybody? We are back. A couple weeks off, a couple different guest hosts, but we are back today. I'm Charlie Litkowski, and my man, my best friend, my co-host, Nick Veronica, is back on the other side today. And welcome into the Process Podcast. This is going to be our draft special, folks. We uh, we did one last year. We're doing one again this year. But this year's draft special is going to be brought to you by Ethos Performance Rehab, the premier physical therapy uh, service to all athletes in Buffalo. You know, Nick, that went a lot smoother when we practiced it before. But it's okay. We're, we're, hey, we're just yeah. working out the kinks again. You know what? This is what happens. We, we took a couple of weeks off at the podcast here. We had something lined up. It fell through. That's life. We're back. You know, we got a little rusty, but we're back. We're good. We're talking Bill's draft. How are you feeling? Like, I don't feel like I'm that into draft season right now. Do you? Well, let me ask you this, because in two weeks from now, the schedule's coming out. Are you more excited about the schedule coming out or more excited about the draft? That's a great question. I... Yeah, I think I'm I'm probably leaning towards schedule, which is probably a really awful tease for a draft preview episode. But um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you why. Like every year in most of our lives, the Bills have been drafting near the top because they've been bad, and it's like mm-hmm. you get so into it, and you're looking at all these quarterbacks, you're looking at trades, you're looking at blah blah blah. I don't give a crap about any of that this year. All these people talking about these quarterbacks or who should they should take at seven overall. I am like the probably the worst, the worst type of fan whose team was good for one year. And now you suddenly you just I don't want to hear about the draft. I don't give a shit about your quarterbacks. I don't care yeah. about your mock draft. Talk yeah. to me about the Super Bowl. Okay. That's what I want to talk about. It's you know, we we, we got entitled real quick here. Uh, draft season to me, I'm just like, I've been trying. It's just like, yeah, the Bills are picking at 30. You know, talk to me about the, you know, the AFC divisional playoffs, how that's shaping up. All right. Don't, don't talk to me about, you know, the, this cornerback you think should go in, in the top 10. All right. Tell me about the playoffs. That's what I want to hear about. Do you feel well, like and, that too? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm more excited for, I'm more excited for the schedule to come out. Um, you know, especially this year because this year is going to mean whether or not I'm coming up for games. Am I going to go see them in Tampa? Am I going to go see them in Miami? Um, you know, I got my, my whole vacation for the rest of the year is all determined on the schedule. So I'm looking forward to the schedule coming out. Um, that's if my wife will let me get away for, for all those bills games. But, um, you know, when it comes to the draft this year, I felt like Buffalo did a fairly good job in free agency addressing the needs that they needed to address and really just bringing back what worked last year, you know, uh, as, as the old saying goes, if it isn't broke, you know, don't fix it. And they found ways to improve on the O-line. They found ways uh, to bring guys in on the D-line to add more competition. Um, I thought they did a great job bringing in Emmanuel Sanders as, as a wide receiver. They did a great job just continuing to build this team around a very good quarterback and Josh Allen and a defense who I think is going to really rebound next year, especially with Star coming back. And, you know, so, so no, I'm not as excited about the draft because I feel like, you know, maybe the guy we take in the first round um, might not be as exciting as what we think he's going to be. You know, it's not like when Buffalo drafted a Marcel Darius or a Sammy Watkins when you're like, okay, top five guy, like he's going to come in and he's just going to, destroy everyone he's gonna like oh man oh so excited you're not gonna really get one of the you know the big top 10 quarterbacks or the top 10 players how i will say this if buffalo finds a way to trade up to somehow get kyle pitts then i'll get excited all right it's funny you mentioned that happening. Happening. yeah totally not i actually wrote that on my list that i i wanted to also mention like pipe dream get kyle pitts because if if you haven't looked at into Kyle Pitts because you know that he's going to be gone before the Bills come up. This is one of the, the best rated tight ends in a draft I've ever recall reading about. Mm-hmm. Everything about this guy is can't miss tight end. And the Bills' biggest need is tight end. And if they could, they they would literally need to trade up to five to get him, which would be... I even think four because I think yeah Atlanta could take Kyle Pitts this year. I mean, it all depends on what Atlanta size too. You're, you're hearing rumblings about Julio being being up on the trade block, and you know they can't trade him to after June first. 
heck, man, if I'm Brandon Bean, I'm at least making that phone call to Atlanta and seeing what the asking price is going to be. Take mm. a flyer on him for a year. I'll take him in Buffalo for a year. On Julio Ooh. Jones, you're talking. Yep. Yeah, on Julio Jones, for sure. But I don't think that Buffalo is going to be able to get up to that four spot. You know, But who knows? Brandon, no, you, you'd have to trade this year's first and next year's first and more. To yeah, get I feel like there's going to be, you know, maybe even three first round picks to get up that high. You know, I saw a trade scenario today where um, the Giants trade up to four to Atlanta, and they're sending two first round picks, a second round pick this year, and Evan Ingram to get up to that four spot. Wow. That, that's a high asking price. I mean, Unless you're moving a guy, you know, like a uh, if unless they really feel like Dawson Knox can be part of the trade, fine. But I don't see Buffalo getting mm-hmm. up that high, and I really don't want I don't want to see them make the move. But if they yeah. did, I, I would have mixed emotions. Okay, I might have to correct myself then. I might bet in Broken Bills fan brain when when next year's first round pick was assumed to be pretty high. Next year's first round pick won't be that high. It would probably take more than this year's first and next year's first. It would take a lot more in addition mm-hmm. probably anyway that's a pipe dream uh I, if it were I, to work out it would be amazing i see What's them that? trading down in every scenario I right which is another reason that this is it. super like not exciting i feel like to look into because i think there's a pretty good chance that they trade down that we don't right. even get a pick we watch for three hours on thursday and they don't even make a pick which would be like good for the you know the team building it just wouldn't be exciting you know i <laughs> I thought about that like all week this week. I'm like, man, like there, there's nothing really good on TV right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to something. And sure enough, there's the draft coming up. Like, all right. Like this could get exciting. And then I'm like, wait, last year, I literally watched the entire first round of the draft thinking that Buffalo might trade up into the first round to make a first round pick. And sure enough, they did not. They traded that pick away for Stefan Diggs. Worked out great for them. However, uh, I don't want to sit there for three hours this year with Buffalo having a first round pick and then get to their pick and then they don't draft till the next morning or the next evening. Yeah. Yeah. And so there have been tons of people already doing mock drafts and doing here's, you know, we did a mock draft. Here's who's left at 30. Now who should we take? And that is interesting to look into those scenarios. But one of my thoughts this year is that given how wacky the college football season was, there was no combine. Pro days were kind of hard to attend. You didn't really get the medical checks like you would. I think there's going to be a lot more variance in how teams rate people than they normally would. And I mm-hmm. think that some of the people we are, um, I guess, on the outside are plotting to be picked very high. The teams are going to have what, well, I guess we would call them sleepers, but the teams are going to think that they're a lot higher than, than the rest of us. So some of the people that we think are going to be gone are not going to be gone this year. That's right. going to be right. one of my projections here. And so I think there, there's a good chance that some of these people, the bills are, have, they have their eye on are going to be left for them. So if you, if you would do me the honor, Charlie, I would just like to ask you what, what do you feel are the bills positions of needs that they need to draft for, or that they might be looking for someone available at, at 30. So like, you I mean, know, honestly, you, 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 we, we mentioned one tight end. I don't mm-hmm. think they go tight end first round. I think that's no. a second round pick. I think there's a lot of good guys. It's a deep tight end draft. So I feel like they can really do a lot. I like the kid from Penn state, Pat, uh, Pat Fairmouth a lot. Uh, I think he'd be a good fit. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go um, defensive back. I think that's a position of need. They need a number two guy on the opposite side of Trey. Um, and I'm really, really high on Asante Samuel Jr. if he's there. Uh, but I could also see Buffalo going defensive end there as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those Not- are, yeah, I agree with those. Those are my two biggest positions of need. I, I flipped the order for me, defensive end number one, especially because I think there's so many guys that could potentially be available, but cornerback is number two for me. Is there a guy the, – the other position, too, that I feel like you see everyone mocking, and I, I, I'm not as high on needing this position because I think, Nick, you and I have discussed it, and I know we discussed it or I discussed it a few weeks ago with Greg Thompson when we had him on, um, is a running back. You know, there's yep, a, some numbers it. going around today stop about – I'm just – hey, hey, listen. No, listen. no not you. I, I'm, t- I'm telling the no, people okay, with, with okay. the rumors today, listen, stop it. The Bills are not trading up for a running back. 
I don't, and I, I, and I hope they don't, right? Like, you know, you see guys like Marcel, uh, Marcel's really high on them, on a running back, really high on NTN. I'm, I'm, I don't need a running back. I felt like the issue was on the offensive line. You have to Mm -hmm. find a way your offensive line better at run blocking like they were two years ago. And you, I, I think at that point, you'll be able to have a much better, um, running game at that time at that point and i mm-hmm. i don't think that a running back is going to change that you know i i go back constantly to cj spiller who you know buffalo brought in cj spiller and everyone thought he was going to be the next thurman thomas and look how that worked out for us that didn't work out well for buffalo yeah all right maybe i shouldn't i shouldn't have crapped on that report so hard it was, it was a professional reporter who who right from it was. You said the, it was. the Bills are rumored to be trading up for making the Bills are rumored to be trading up to 21 for Travis Etienne. And who reported that? Um, was it Peter King? I think it was Peter King. Was it? I thought it was. It doesn't ring a bell for me. I'm blanking on this. Everyone listening to the podcast who's all up on the rumors, who cares enough to listen to the podcast, is going <laughs> to think I'm really dumb for not knowing this. Um, yeah, it, but so- it. Definitely, the, um, they're not. Do not, do not trade up for a running back, please. Okay, Travis oh, no, Etienne. Great, Todd McShay. Todd McShay said the Bills are trying to trade up for Travis Etienne, and people are comparing Travis Etienne to Elvin Kamara. Those are the two big headlines from today. Where did Elvin Kamara get drafted? Elvin Kamara got drafted. I could tell you. Um, as as we hear the click, uh, yeah, not right. in the first round is is no. He did not go in the first round. He was a third round running back, right? Um, so listen, if the Bills sit and a running back comes to them, I guess you know it's whatever. If they're at thir- get- look, if they're at thirty and NTN's there, fine, go ahead. Sure, I'm fine with that at thirty. I feel like another position that I feel like people are forgetting about, and if you listened to. Brandon Bean's press conference, he said, we're planning on building for the future. Well, right now, you look at the wide receiving core, Nick. Yeah. You have a very good receiving core right now. But you have Cole Beasley, who's going to be 32. You have, I believe, 34-year-old Emmanuel Sanders, who's only there on a one-year contract. You got Beasley for this year and next year. And you have behind them, and obviously Stephon Diggs, and then behind them, you have Gabe Davis, but who do you really have behind them right now that can come in and, you know, learn from three of the best route running receivers in the league? I mean, you just listed five guys, though. But who, like, but again, you have Emmanuel Sanders isn't coming back next year, right? Most likely. So, so Gabe Davis will probably take Sanders' spot. Okay. Beasley, you get Beasley or Diggs hurt. Who comes in behind them? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, you know. I, yeah, I have seen it mock drafts. They have the Bills taking a receiver, and I and I understand the logic there. Right. I don't know. It just seems seems like like a position you already have covered in the present, which is, I suppose, Brandon Bean does have a point that you're building for the future. But right. Look, if they if they can get a guy like a Kadarius Tony at thirty or trade down and get him early in the second round, I would be very happy with that. I think Kadarius Tony addresses a lot of you know, multiple needs. He's a kick returner. He can return punts. He can return kicks. And he's got some speed, which is also another thing that, that you forget looking at this team. There's really no speed sir, wide receivers. There's no speed at running back. Now they got Matt Breida, who brings mm. some speed compared to what um, – which is another reason why I don't know why they would go running back. You got Matt Breida, Zach Moss, and Singletary. Why add a fourth one to that mix? If they go running back in the first round, that's really bad for Devin Singletary. If they go running back in the first round, it needs to be a speed guy. You can't just have another guy like Singletary and like Moss on this roster. You have to have a guy that has that breakaway speed at that point. That's the most important thing to me. If you're going to go draft a running back, that's your need at running back. That's really your need on offense in general is a breakaway speed guy. They don't have that a ton throughout the offense. You that's know? fair. But then you, you look at the defense as well, you know, Obviously, I, I feel like the gaping hole and the thing that really hurt Buffalo the most was that passing game, and they have to find a way in this draft to get a number two corner that can come in right away and start. And Asante Samuel Jr. is that guy to me. Okay. what are, What's your 
projection on if he's available. If he's available, then take him. Obviously, well, no, yeah. no. I mean, I mean, do you project him to be available? I mean, I, th- yes. I think there's a yes. pretty good chance. But all right, that's yes. that's what we want to tell tell the viewers here or it's, listeners. It's a but, deep defensive back draft, Nick, and I think he'll be there. I don't think that'll be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there's a lot of good defensive backs this year on this list that I think Buffalo can either get him in the first round or mm-hmm. get a very good back, you know, second mm-hmm. or third round. I would just rather take a guy that I know can come in or that I feel like can come in and start right away. Another guy who, if they trade down, I think could also be there on day two would be Eric Stokes from Georgia. I like mm-hmm. Eric Stokes a lot. I think he is a nice first round um, first round talent who can slip a little bit because of the deep defensive backdraft, but we'll see. Um, you know, I, I, I would just kind of be curious to see what they, uh, mm-hmm. what does Bean value most right now? Is Bean trying to continue to build weapons around Josh Allen, or is mm-hmm. Bean going to find ways to get the best players on his team possible this year? Yeah, I mean, if you think about last year, their offense was amazing. That their defense kind of held them back a little bit. So you could right. make the argument there that they should go defense. But um, first of all, I got to tell you, seeing people coming into the draft when you specifically remember watching their parents and play and playing video games as their parents is man that hurts. All right, Asante Samuel Jr. is a cornerback in the draft. Patrick Sertain the second is in the draft. Like that hurts. All right. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sertain's the top rated corner. He'll be gone by then. JC Horn from South Carolina probably will be gone. Greg Newsom from North Northwestern. He's rated number three on PFF. He is unlikely to be there, I would say, mm-hmm. but I suppose he would be very interesting if he was available Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, people like a lot. He may or may not be left. And then you're looking at Samuel. Samuel, one of the things against him is that he's a little little bit undersized. And Sean McDermott does seem to really like corners that are long. Right. Just just, just the way he plays. He thinks that's valuable. I'm sure if he likes the guy's skill enough, you know, that could, you know, it doesn't need to check that box. But wingspan is usually very important for how he drafts. So, um, but the, I mean, dude, you talking about Stokes, man? He's got some speed. If you wanna, if you wanna put somebody with some skills, raw talent out there. Holy cow, that guy can, that guy can move. Another name too, you know, that I really like, and he had a down year this year. Um, but he, before this year, he was being talked about being one of the top backs off the board. That's Sean Wade from Ohio State. The guy runs a four four three. He's got he, – again, he's got speed. He's got some height. He's shown glimpses of being a great cornerback, and he just had a bad year last year. This To me, this sounds like a perfect Sean McDermott guy that you can get in the third or fourth round. Let, let Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier and the defensive coaches work their magic, you know, and, and he could be – I don't want to necessarily call a third or fourth round pick a steal – but he could be a guy who really slips because of a bad year that turns out being one of the better cornerbacks out of this um, out of this draft class. Although mm-hmm. I also said that about Curtis Weaver last year, and he went on IR <laughs> and never made a team. So, well, I mean, I mean, that's a great reason to try to trade down and maximize mm-hmm. your your picks here because there's so many wild cards. There's so many people that they haven't really done a you know the usual evaluation on. You could say that you know there's more. If you call it, depends it how far they trade down. I think that's sure. a big part in trading down, right? Like you're not going to trade down to the middle of the second round. You know, Good. I feel I like know. I feel like unless I'm getting a uh, to me as if, if I'm Brandon Bean, knowing that I do still have holes to fill on my team, mm-hmm. I don't want to trade too far small down either. Holes. And miss out on guys, yeah, They're I small mean, holes. It's not like last off season going in where we felt there was still some big holes that needed to be addressed. Yeah, it's smaller holes now. I mean, but, but, but you're also right. you're telling me a couple minutes ago, Brandon Bean's preparing for the future. I mean, maybe that means that's true. Tra- that's trading for future picks. All right. If someone offers you, I don't know, somebody's drafting in the in the say 40th overall, 
and they offer you their second and next year's second for your, you know, your pick at 30. Are you taking that? You're, you're thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, now listen, if someone comes to me and offers me a first round pick for next year, yeah, jump all over it. I don't care where you're drafting in the second round. Yes. Take, take it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if someone offers me two second round picks, I think you're definitely talking about it. I, I'll say this though. I am done trying to figure out what Brandon Bean is going to do. Cause I was convinced after his press conference, when he talked about Matt Milano, that Matt Milano was gone and not coming back to Buffalo. And look, that's what exactly what he wants you to think. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Bean's a genius, man. The guy knows what he's doing. He's, he's there's a reason why he is, was executive of the year. Um, and so, and, so are you saying that we should take his recent quotes and think of what the opposite would be? I feel like Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills are in a win now mode. They're not in a win in the future mode, right? Like, I think that, that's obvious. That's obvious. So, when he said, you know, oh, yeah, well, you know, we want to build to for the future, great. But you have holes on this team that if you can fill those holes now, you're talking. I mean, Buffalo are already being talked about as a Super Bowl favorite next year, but. You're you're really talking about being a Super Bowl favorite, like you know, and and that changes things. That's not something we're used to talking about with right, this team. Right, right, right. All right, well, let's keep talking about one of those holes. I've been most interested in draft season this year, looking at defensive ends because mm-hmm. they have Jerry Hughes on one side, they have uh, Mario Edison on the other side. They just they drafted a guy last year who was really disappointing. All right. He had a much better second half of the season, though. That is, again, if you guys – sorry, not, Nick, not to cut you off, but if you go back and listen to our podcast with Greg Thompson, that is something that Greg and I did talk about. And um, one of the players that we discussed was um, uh, AJ Epinesa and how he did have a better season towards the end of the year as well as throughout the playoffs as well. All right. Still not sold on the guy. Anyway, I mean <laughs> – Doesn't change your mind. I don't know. I mean, I mean – just saw him on the field. He like he made some plays where I guess he was filling the gap or he, you know, held his block, I guess, but he never not ne- almost never made like a flash play where you're like, wow, that guy's really got something. It's like, you know, he he might become a decent role player at some point mm-hmm. based on what he showed last year. He could obviously take a huge jump, but based on that, like nothing in there would prevent me from taking a, another defensive end in the first round. Okay. Okay. Also, you know, I mean, you got to, you got to do better than last year, right? Mario Edison well, led the team. What do you have? Five and a half sacks or something. I think that was led the team. That's that, that good. They also brought that guy in from uh, Carolina this year. Whose name is slipping my mind. Yeah, um, he's whatever. He's fine. He's a camp body. You know, he he'll be in competition. So? He'll so? be in competition. I mean, I could very well see him not making the team if he has a bad camp. Yeah, one guy, one guy I want Buffalo to find a way to go go after is uh, um, if if he's there, right? Uh, when you talk defensive end, is either Gregory Rousseau from Miami or uh, Jason Owa from uh, from Penn State. Really? Um, what do you you like Oa? I like his speed, man. Uh, Oa screams like classic Bills drought bust. Does he? Let me ask you this. So, I mean, he doesn't have the speed like Rousseau, right? Rousseau's got the four, you know, the four three six. Um, you know, he had a big year last year, but he didn't have any sacks through twenty twenty. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so what, what does that mean? He had a big year, but he, he didn't have a sack. He had so he finished twenty twenty with thirty eight tackles, sixteen and or six and a half for a loss. Um, but his pass rush ability is there. Like the, I feel like he's a more developed. He's more developed of a defensive end as far as his skills with his hands than what a guy like a Jason Owa is. But I like Jason Owa because I like he's a bigger body. He still runs a four five. Uh, you know he's got a nine. Nine foot broad, nine nine foot ten inch broad jump, um, and he's, he's got a huge vert, man, thirty five and a half vert. Like the dude, just a, a an athletic freak that I feel like he could be, you know, uh, he could be that guy that Buffalo just doesn't have on the end, like more like a Mario Williams type of player. Yeah, but well, but it's all but, possible. 
the whole Penn State thing still scares me because uh, yeah, listen, listen, guy, six five, two fifty two, great size, all right. You got two fifty two. Uh, um, yeah. What do you got? I got Jason Owa. Unless they're posting it. Oh no, so I'm sorry. They have it the other way. I'm like, so I have him six five, two fifty, but that's fine. Oh well, I was looking okay. at something else. Okay, an extra bagel for breakfast, but <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, freaky pro day. Just you know, didn't start playing football until 2016. Didn't have a sack, but still seemed pretty good. And, like all this stuff screams like guy that Bills, you know, went to Penn State. Guy that Bills absolutely, Buddy Nix would have like, you know, gotten hard watching this guy's film and drafted him, and then he would have would have yeah would have been a huge he well now bust is the is the wrong word but <laughs> <laughs> not now not not after that not, then you ruin it. Uh, but no, he, yeah, he, he, would, he would have come in and just kind of been been another guy, right? He would have been, uh, man. What was his name? That Buffalo drafted from Penn State years ago. The defensive Aaron Maben. Aaron Maben, who now is a painter and paints pictures for a living. Um, that's all I keep thinking about when I see Penn State and defensive end next to each other. Okay, yeah, especially a guy who was you know not that productive, just new to football, freak athlete, right. but uh, man, so. He could be totally fine, and we probably we probably knock too many people down because they fit into a mold that we know of. But uh, he fits into the mold that we know of, is what I'm I saying. F- I feel like there's other defensive ends though throughout, you know, the rest of the week that Buffalo can maybe address a defensive end in day two. Um, that I feel like yeah, it's a deep class. That is possible. Right? Carlos Basham, for example, is a, would would be a, a, another guy that I feel like Buffalo could do something with, you know, uh, he's six, three, uh, two eighty one is good pass rush ability. I mean, the guy's got, again, he's got the skill that it's, it's amazing to me how deep this draft is minus the fact that like, it's totally different scouting this year. Like if this was a normal scouting year, I feel like this could be one of the best drafts in, in decades. Yeah. For, for defensive ends, for anything, for any, I mean, mm. look, look how, look how deep the quarterbacks are. Like I go back to thinking about the Allen draft here in 2018 with Allen Baker, you know, where you literally thought you were going to have quarterbacks go the first five picks. Yeah, I th- I'm a, I think that you know that's getting a lot of hype, but I would be, it would be very surprising if quarterbacks went one, two, three. Yeah, I, I and I will say, Nick, and 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 as much as I would like a defensive end or a, you know. Obviously, defensive end and defensive back, I think, are the two biggest holes in tight end, I think, is a close second mm-hmm. on that team. Um, Buffalo needs to find a way to get a center and offensive lineman there as well. If Tevin Jenkins is there, I really like Tevin Jenkins. Don't let his look fool you. The dude is mean. He is just – he's an angry football player. He is a freak athlete. He has long arms. He can play left tackle. He can play right tackle. He is what Brandon Bean loves in Mr. Versatile. You can use him on both sides. He would be a great fit um, and can even maybe be a guy who can take a job away from um, um, Cody Ford if, if if they, you know, decide to use Ford. At, I think they're still going to use Ford at guard, but if they decide to put Ford at tackle. And you know what? At that point, you're adding depth to an already – good deep offensive line yeah you, I mean, you have Darrell williams for i believe Darrell williams signed a year contract right so you have Darrell williams there for a year so even if if you work tevin jenkins in rotation and maybe eventually let him start over Darrell williams you're not hurting yourself you know what i mean i i really like tevin jenkins a lot as at 30 if he's there if he's there i don't know if he'll be there i think too many teams have mm-hmm. offensive uh line issues and the one that jumps off the board to me that's drafting before Buffalo is Baltimore who just traded Orlando Brown. So he could be a guy that Baltimore aims to get as well. But then you look at a center like Landon Dickerson from Alabama as well, mm-hmm. um, who I think could be a, a, a fairly good fit in day two for Buffalo. All right, Charlie, let's go talk to me about like the, the best case scenario. Tell me a guy that you feel like there's a, 10 to 20% chance only that he might be left, but you would just be thrilled for if it went that way at 30. Kyle Pitts. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Uh, 
Um, man. Uh, a lot would have to have like, like Kyle Pitts would have to like get injured between now and Thursday, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And then he still probably wouldn't be. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, if he was like for, to, for like, the record, I hope he does leg. not get injured. Uh, if he yeah, was, like make his leg and be out for a year. Like, do you still take him at? Look, all I care about is if is that Kyle Pitts and one of the top QBs do not go in the AFC East. I mean, obviously we know we know the Jets are taking. Yeah, a QB, good point. I don't want to see New England take a QB in the first round. I think New England has too many holes, and I think Miami would be stupid if they took a Kyle Pitts over one of the top receivers because I feel like they have Kaseki. And Gasecki and um, Tua worked well together last year. I think they need to. If I'm Miami, right, I'm going after one of the top receivers and giving my rookie quarterback, sec, second year quarterback, some legitimate weapons because they don't have a legitimate wide receiver, a legitimate number one on that team. But okay. I'm not the GM of Miami. Miami's got a million draft picks, so who knows what they decide to do. Um, but Nick, to answer your question, um, you know, I don't think he's going to be there because he's really one of the top guys in the draft as well. But I think of like uh, uh, Caleb Farley, the defensive back from Virginia Tech, who I like. Um, the other one, and 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 I know he won't be there. Um, but again, I'm thinking of the future, right? If Buffalo doesn't pick up that fifth year option on Tremaine Edmonds, you know, do they? take a middle linebacker and that guy to me is Micah Parsons. Like he's the best linebacker in this draft. I don't think he's going to slip that, that far either, but um, you know, either him, JC Horn, Caleb Farley are my, my three like dreams outside of the Kyle Pitts. Dream. Yeah. All right. Um, I, you know, just being looking at defensive ends, if there's any chance uh, Michigan's quitty pay falls to 30, which I mean, we're talking about like, long shots here. I like that you have a more realistic dream than I do, though. So I, <laughs> I, I mean, that. so I, I'm I'm looking at PFF right now. He's their number one rated defensive end, mm-hmm. which sounds unlikely, but on their big board, they have him 24th overall. So the, you know, they have another guy. Oh, they have 25. Jalen Phillips, Miami, they have 27. Like. Uh, my, my, my next guy in here, I think this guy has a much better chance of being available is Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Freaky pass rusher. Man, mm-hmm. I would like either of those guys lining up opposite Jerry Hughes. But and honestly, about- I mean, if they do make this pick, Mario Addison could be a cap casualty. You talk about the kid from Georgia, though. I mean, you're also talking about a guy who lacks a little bit in size. He's 6'2", 250. I mean, I feel like we're just getting into Air Maven territory again. Hmm. You know, I I should um, I should have consulted your Georgianness over here. You know, I I just watch a lot. Of, I wouldn't say I watch a lot of it because I really don't pay that much attention. But um, you know, my wife's a big Florida fan. Like I've mentioned it multiple times, we watch a lot mm-hmm. of SEC football in this house. Um, can I real quick, Nick? How would you feel if Buffalo was to take either, you know, one of the speed guys in the draft? Right, if they were to take a Kadarius Tony whether it's at 30 or they drop a little bit. Elijah Moore is a guy that I'm, I'm, I'm fairly high on or even a uh, Randall Moore. Yeah. I mean, if, if they can, um, I'm sorry, I forget, I'm forgetting all the names you asked me again, but the, the, the first guy that we talked about before, if they can get him outside of 30, Tooney, this is, if they yeah. can get him with their second pick in the draft, or even if they trade up in the second round, that's awesome. That like that would uh-huh. be a good pick there. If they took him at thirty, you'd be like, you just kind of shrug and be like, well, they must have liked him. It'll help the offense, you know. Cool, you know, fine pick for thirty. I give it, give it a B minus at thirty. Like you know, did good, right. not great. Like if you like the guy, if they could get him in the second round, absolutely, absolutely mm-hmm. like that. Um, who the tell only, me again who you mentioned? Uh, Randall Moore and Elijah Moore. Um, the only other guy, Nick, too, that 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 outside of those two, outside of those three, mm-hmm. that I feel like Buffalo could entertain is um, um, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. You know, he's a little mm. taller than the other guys, the other guys are all sub six, uh, six foot. Um, Bateman is six two two ten, and he does run a four three forty. Um, so he's a guy that I feel like is addressing that speed, but still has a little bit of height to his game. Um, yeah, ba- Bateman's well. Bateman's an interesting guy. Feels like a, 
a guy the Bills would kind of like be, being tough like that. Mm-hmm. And so does uh, Rondell Moore from Purdue. Feels like, yeah, like, like more of a. I mean, he's he's small, but he's tough yeah. still. Elijah Moore feels a little bit more like a slot receiver, like kind of like more more like Beasley. And I don't know if they want to double up with that, but um, they they seem to know how to use guys. Maybe what would it be like if you always ran two slot receivers? That would be. I- I mean, think about that. Yeah, I mean, you run two slot receivers, then what, you use McKenzie as your gadget guy? You know, I mean, who knows? After last season and seeing so many different tricks and, you know, things done by this offense, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they will sit there being like, look, here's how I would use this guy, this guy, and this guy. And then McKenzie will Mm -hmm. fit in here, and this will fit in and just so many pieces of the puzzle. I mean, um, I mean, what what if you just you use the slot receiver and to just only line people up there, and you made an outside corner cover across the middle of the field? I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, why not? Try you got it, Buffalo. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's way more complicated than two guys on a podcast are going to make it seem. But like throwing weird things at people that they haven't prepared for is some of the battle. Buffalo needs to find a way to um, to do something different this year because. You got to find a way to beat Kansas City. The only way you're going to find a way to beat Kansas City is a pressure, pressuring the quarterback, pressuring well, the quarterback. Yeah. But you also got to score points, Nick. You do. The you Bills score a lot of points in their game against Kansas City, like like the offense. But you have to know. be able to get into a shootout with Kansas City, and that's something Buffalo wasn't able to do. You know, and I understand. Look, the defense was part of it, and I think that Buffalo nickel position is a, a position that I think Buffalo needs to look at. The big safety slash linebacker position of someone who can cover that speedy tight end who who can cover a guy like a like a Kelsey or a Kyle Pitts or a guy like that who you can just um you know drop down in the box he can still drop into run run uh run coverage if he needs to he can drop back and pass coverage I feel like that's a position as well that Buffalo needs to find a way to address but at the same time you have to find a way to you get into a shootout with Kansas City or really any team for that matter, find a way just to continue to get into that shootout left and right and put up points every single drive, which was something Buffalo could not do. True. True. Um, all right. I will. You did make one good point I wanted to hit on again is offensive line. Like, you know, it, first round, maybe, you know, that's not, it hasn't been talked about as much. Doesn't mean they won't do it, but definitely later on in the draft, like, I feel like I've said a couple times on here, I would take an offensive lineman every single year. Just mm-hmm. keep taking them guys all over the league. It's guys who are, were reserves. And then now they finally get a chance and they, and they turn into really good players. So keep taking guys, keep taking lottery tickets. Somebody will pan out. You got to have solid offensive linemen, especially you got to have a deep offensive line all the time. I mean, the chiefs, that was one of the biggest talking points going to the Super Bowl is how injured the chiefs, or um, no, it wasn't the Chiefs. It was the Bucks, right? Their offensive line was so it was so banged up. Like mm-hmm. that, you got you got to be ready for that. So, offensive yeah. line should absolutely be a pick somewhere on day two. And you know how much this team likes to rotate their offensive line as well throughout the game. So I feel like offensive line is similar to, you know, the, I I always feel like the three positions you should take every year: defensive back, receiver, and offensive line. Should be drafted every single year, whether you need them or not, hmm. because you're you're constantly going to have injuries at receiver. You're constantly going to have injuries I, 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 in the secondary. You're constantly going to have guys rotating in and out on an offensive line. Where you know, I feel like those are really the three positions you can get away with drafting every year when you don't need a quarterback every single mm-hmm. year, like Buffalo's needed for yeah. twenty years. True, you know? and you know, we, we during the season we were always talking about maybe in the off season about linebacker depth was really questionable last year. Mm -hmm. This would be a great time to address it. I think they address linebacker in the draft. I think, you know, that's part of what Bean wants to do again. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm done trying to figure out and get inside his head, but I feel like, you know, he's no dummy. I feel like that's something that they do end up doing no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause again, like you said, you got to find a way to address it. Manikiewicz isn't going to be a guy who's going to be able to step in and, you know, play 16, 17 games if uh, Edmonds goes down in training camp. <laughs> it's weird um, hearing you say 17 games. Yeah, right. right. 
yeah, it's going to be a long season. Um, and, and you can't rely on, uh, you know, if Milano goes down, you know, you got to have someone to fill those shoes. And obviously you need to find a guy to maybe replace uh, what's his name on the other side. Whose Evans. name? I think, nope. Not Evans, no? the other guy. Klein, AJ Klein. See, oh, like, I'm still yeah, so mad at him from last before. season. I can't even think of his name anymore. AJ Klein. You got to find a way to replace AJ Klein. Um, and maybe you do that early in the draft, maybe day two. Um, All right. Because I feel like if you can find a way to improve that that side of the yeah. linebackers, you know, you do it. Um, Nick, before we finish, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you because it it will probably come up before we even get back on our podcast to do another show. Okay. The exercise of the fifth year for Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds. Buffalo says they need to have $35 million in cap space to get those guys on the fifth-year option. Do you see it happening, or do you see them maybe come into contract agreements with both of those guys in the offseason or midseason? I think the easiest question is to pick up Josh Allen's fifth-year option. Absolutely. If you want to sign him, you sign him. Yeah, you. That does not preclude signing him. I think that's just the easiest, easiest thing you could do. Because when you do sign him, his his annual value is going to be more than the fifth year option year. So you're basically adding on a year at below market rate. So Mm -hmm. absolutely, you're gonna you're gonna do that. Tremaine Edmonds is a hard decision. Um, just personally, I think he's so young still like still he's been in the league a while but he's still so young i think he's got a lot of room for growth still more than the average player um i have not i'm definitely not giving up on tremaine Edmonds, so i would i would lean toward yes on that as well um and this year it changed so this year it's guaranteed um Right, it's guaranteed. It used to be guaranteed for injury only, but now it's fully guaranteed. Is that right? Yeah, fully guaranteed. Yeah. So before it was like, well, you could tag them and then still cut them, and it wouldn't actually matter. Right. So, uh, or not tag them, but it's the same idea. Um, I'm still leaning toward yes on Edmonds right now. I don't you know, know how to make. If, you know, I haven't looked into the cap yet. So if I'm if if that that means other discussions need to happen, I don't have the answers for you there yet, but. Uh, just in terms of, do I think his future? He has a future here. I, I'm still on board. I think they find a way to do one or the other, right? I think, you know, obviously Josh Allen has to be the guy, right? I don't. If I'm Buffalo, or if I'm even Josh Allen, right? I don't want to go into the season without a contract or without knowing that I will be for sure, for sure, be back next season, right? Because Josh Allen can go and get hurt. And Mitch Trubisky is sitting right there behind him. Can come in and win Buffalo thirteen games, take Buffalo to the playoffs. Maybe, maybe Trubisky is the guy that comes in and takes Buffalo Super Bowl because Josh Allen's out hurt, right? Um, and Buffalo says, "Well, Mitch took us to the Super Bowl. Mitch looked good doing it. Let's give Mitch some money. We can get Mitch cheaper than what we get Josh Allen for." You know, it's an uh, interesting, interesting thought. And, and I mean, we're gonna have a whole podcast on this later, but right. That's an interesting line of thought that being on Josh Allen's side, do you think at all that you just turned in, you know, a number two MVP season? Do you need to immediately make sure you turn that into something for yourself? Because if Josh, you know, happens to have a bad season again, people aren't going to care what he did two years ago. They said, well, you sucked last year. So as a business guy, yes, you seize your opportunity that when you have it to make money. Right. And Josh Allen sees you're to make money is right now. Right. That's mm-hmm. but I mean, not not that he would ever not want to like sign the huge contract. He always wants to sign the huge contract. But right. I'm saying I feel like he would or his agent would especially want to be pushing for that this offseason, even if it's you know not not the hugest he thinks he can get. Like if he if he if he didn't sign and had another huge year, yeah, he would get even more. But as far as they're concerned, you can renegotiate again later. 
Well, and I think too that the big thing's going to be for Josh Allen's side of things, right? Or even Brandon Bean's side, right? Like, um, okay, he, not for nothing, he had one really, really good year. What if he can't duplicate that? What if he takes that step back to what Josh Allen was in year two? Right, and that, that's the yeah. struggle for the Bills. That would be why you right. you wait to sign him to the deal because you want to make him do it again. Right. Because you can't the, get screwed like the Eagles got with with Carson, Carson Wentz or with Jared Goff or with you know all these people who have these massive contracts. Right, right. They got to find a way to get the fifth year option on at least Allen. I think then you find a way to to resign Edmonds. Edmonds is not as good in the pass rush. I understand that, or I'm sorry, in the passing game. Um, he's a fine rusher in general. He's not as good in the passing game as what I think everyone thought he was going to be, but they need to find a way to keep him around because I think he's very good in the rushing game. Last year, obviously, we know he played hurt, and he wasn't what we you know, what we were expecting him to be all year, um, but he showed glimpses of being really, really good again towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like you can't part with that at middle linebacker, which is such a big part of – that defense that that Leslie play, that Leslie Frazier and uh, Sean McDermott like to play. I hear you. All right. Uh, last question. Last question before <laughs> we go. Real quick. What would make you disappointed? What would make you upset if it happened on Thursday? Buffalo trades down to the middle of the second round, and I have to wait a whole <laughs> another 20, 24 hours on the pick. Um, what would make me disappointed? Uh, outside of, like I said before, the Patriots taking like Justin Fields and Kyle Pitts falling to Miami. Um, Ooh, that's true. I didn't even think about non Bills you know, things. That would make me really, really upset because I feel like then you're just looking. Although I still don't think two is going to be any good, so I don't think it matters um, for Miami, but matters more for New England. Um, but I, I, I'll be very upset if. Buffalo goes out and trades up higher than like four spots and moves a lot of draft picks for a running back. Like, don't trade yes. up for running backs. Stay very, very well running said. Be fine. Very well said. If yeah, if because if they love the guy, like it would be cool to have a top running back. It just the thing is, they're so replaceable in a weird way. It's, you draft one in the third round and given the opportunities behind a good line and they'll probably produce similarly. So I think you worded that well. If they, you know, trade a sixth rounder to move up five slots and take the guy, like it'll be a little disappointing, but will I be mad? Not really. No, if they, I, if they really go up, if they go up to 20 to get them, that would be more upsetting. This, this might be some of my like Buffalo Bills, like, fears of draft past you know coming coming to fruition but like i think about trading up i think about when buffalo trade up for sammy watkins mm. you know when they could have got khalil mack mm-hmm. you know who would have been a totally different player on this team compared to sammy watkins who was there for two years and gone and couldn't stay healthy um so yeah so 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 trading up for a running back to me is no different than training up for Sammy Watkins, and that worries me. Fair. All right, Charlie. It was good to hear hear for hear your voice again after a couple Dude, of weeks. It off. was so great to have you back on. I feel like I haven't <laughs> like, you know, I, I've been lost, Nick. I have been lost without you. We I want to thank everyone uh for filling in for you while you were gone. Uh, you know, we had Joe on, we had Greg Thompson on. Uh, although we did, you and I did have a good podcast, Nick, with uh, with Justin Gibbons, who was not Ralph Kruger, but you know that, that was an exciting one. Um, but yeah, man, at, at the end of the day, I would rather have you on than anyone else anywhere in time. So I'm glad you're back. Wow. Uh, I can't wait to break down what the Bills do in the draft and break down what they decided to do with the fifth year options of mm-hmm. Tremaine Edmonds and um, Josh Allen. But, Nick, before we go, we have to give a special, special shout-out mm-hmm. to our boy, our favorite guest. <laughs> My favorite chicken wing buddy. Free Bray 88, Brayon Harris, 
who finally is living his dream, being the mini Dan Denzel that he is, uh, finally got to be a model for 26 shirts. Dude, that's great I, stuff. I, I, I was so I was so happy seen, when I saw that. I don't think I've ever seen anyone smile as big as he was <laughs> in that picture. Like straight up. Like he was like, I've made it. You know, that that man, he, he felt walking down that street like he was ready for Hollywood. Like Hollywood yeah, should he, be calling him any day now. I I imagine that that came up somewhere before he said it on the process, but I like to think that we had a small, small role in in making this happen, which I'm probably inventing for myself right now, but I was super, I saw your tweet about it today and I, and that was the first (laughs) I saw of it. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like it came like, like the movie just had a happy ending. It came to, to life. Dude, like I, I, I got off like a pretty crappy meeting and got on Twitter and like that's what popped up and I'm like, oh <laughs> my god, like, I, I got excited. Like I, like it was like I was the 26 shirts model. I got that excited for Bray. So I, I'm glad he got to live out his dream. I'm glad he's on a 26 shirt. Um, now we got to help him achieve more of his dreams going forward here. So we'll, we'll have to have him on again and have a nice little uh, chit chat about what other dreams. We can help make true for Bray. Uh, that's quite optimistic of you, but hey, man, whatever. We are a podcast of the people, and whatever we can do to help the people, that is what we're here for. Speaking of helping the people, let's tell you about Ethos Performance Rehab, the premier. That's right. You just give me thumbs up on the screen <laughs> for the great transition that I'm now ruining. <laughs> Um, and I'm ruining it because my script just went away from me and it won't come up, but they are the premier. I'm going to do this from memory. They are the, <laughs> <laughs> I just talked to, I just talked to Dr. Matt the other day about how we should not do this from memory and like ad lib things that are going to be wrong. We should always stick to the script. Do you have the script in front of you? Ethos performance rehab is the premier physical therapy service for athletes in Buffalo. Their out of network uh, status allows them to work one-on-one with every athlete, every session. If you're looking for injury treatment, maintenance, or performance training, you'll fit right in with the Ethos team. Give Dr. Matt a call at Ethos Performance Rehab. Thank you. I will I will not be scolded by that now from our sponsor. So thank you. No, don't worry. I, I got Dr. Matt's back here. And he's got yours. That's right. Hey, hey, I like it. I like it. <laughs> anyway, we, we appreciate you guys uh tuning in today. Always uh remember to like, subscribe. All that good stuff wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow leave us, us a rating if, if you would be so kind. You've stayed with us for now 52 minutes. Leave us a rating. We would like that. Yes, I, we'd love to know what we're doing right, what we're even what we're doing wrong, what you want to hear us improve on. Again, we are a podcast of the people. We are the process podcast. Uh let us know what we can do better. Let us know what you like and don't like. You know, help help, help us help you. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Follow Nick on Twitter at the – no, you're not the Nick Veronica. You should be the Nick Veronica. That would be good. No. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica or myself on Twitter at Chowit68. Uh, appreciate you guys all tuning in. And, folks, when Thursday night rolls around, remember to always trust the process.